Hey, good morning. Everybody doing good? All right, all right. Hey, I'm just going to kind of jump right into this scene because I've got a word today and I'm really excited. Um, so obviously I did what most of you have done and we've been with our family and we've been eating way too much. Amen. Listen, I went... I just got to tell you, I'm just going to be honest, Mr. Joe Click is a man after my own heart. We, we love food. Listen, bro, my, uh, my Aunt Joy made like a five-gallon bucket of grits, and it had like cream cheese. Oh, man, dude, I'm telling you, it was so good. I put it on uh, some biscuits, and I put some bacon on it, and I ate about five of those, and then I ate like two biscuits with just homemade apple butter. I'm telling you, I ate so much. It was amazing. I was still full. Like my, my part of the family came over to the house and we had sandwiches from Jersey Mike's and I still wasn't hungry. And it was like four o'clock in the afternoon and I had eaten breakfast that morning. And I've been telling everybody about this breakfast. Have you ever had some food that's just life changing? Just, just me. All right. Maybe I'll just go to a, you know, program. Maybe, maybe I should get help. No. Okay. That's healthy. All right. Good. So anyway, uh, you know that there's family, and, and I'll be honest with you, the older I get, the more I've weeded out the family that I don't want to be around. Can I just be honest? I know, I know that that might get a little bit like weird, but uh, we just decided we're busy throughout the year. We're going to spend time with the people that, that mean a lot to us and the people that, that, that want to be around us and stuff like that, the people that, that we love and that love us. And, and so we have awesome family get-togethers. But there is a good friend of mine. He's, he's Rachel's uh, cousin's husband. His name is Nick. And we were talking the other day. And, and uh, I, was, I mentioned to him, listen, I've made no, uh, no secret about how much I have disliked 2020. Amen. And so I was like, dude, 2020 is almost over. And he goes, yeah, but what if 2021 is worse than 2021, uh, worse than 2020. So after I punched him, I was like, uh, I was, no, nah, I'm just kidding. I didn't punch him. Hey, Nick is huge. So Nick, I love you. I'm just kidding. Um, but he looked at me and he said that. And I was like, did you just cuss at me? I'm a pastor. And you just said that to me. And, and but I started thinking, I'm like, what if he's got a point? What if, what if 2021 does start to look a little bit different than what we expected it? We're so, we're so like geared to getting out of 2020. What does 2021 look like? What is it going to look like? And, and so I started thinking about this. God started building this idea in my spirit. And that's where this message came from today. He started preaching it to me, all right? So I just started writing down. And the idea and the title of my sermon is called Dear 2020 finding peace from uncertainty. Now, originally I battled with this because originally my title for my, for my message was, I know it even when I don't feel it. I know it even when I don't feel it. So if you want to put like some kind of subtitle or you want to have this through line, just remember that I know it even when I don't feel it. Now, now this is not a new idea, honestly, it's kind of one of those foundational ideas in Christianity. It's something that, that honestly, we, we teach here in our core values at our church. Um, we believe it. We believe in living by what you know and not by what you feel. So it's part of the foundation that we build in here. And if the foundation is the most important part of a building, let me ask you something to set the expectation. When is the last time 
that you have taken a good walk around and inspected the foundation of your home or the foundation of the place that you work at. Yeah, think about that. I can I can answer that question for me. It was when we bought our first house and when we bought our second house. Now, things are a little bit different with me. I have a background in construction. And so I know kind of what to look like or what to look for in foundation problems. But if it's the most important part of the building, why is it the least part that we check out, right? We don't check it out a, a, a lot. And to be honest with you, we probably do that in our spiritual lives a lot. We, we take this foundation and listen, here's what we do. What we do is we just look at this. <clears throat> we look at this foundation and we just kind of trust that it's there to do its job, right? We trust that it's there to do its job because it's only when it's no longer doing its job that we realize that something's wrong, amen? It's when your foundation starts to fail that you realize that something's wrong. And the same thing is true with our spiritual life. And so what I wanna ask you today is, uh, can we give like a, a, a spiritual checkup today? Can we go and walk through and just look at the foundations of our, of our Christianity and kind of get down to this nitty gritty of living by what you know and not by what you feel? Because let me ask you something. What happens when your foundation's not okay? You're on shaky ground. You're on shaky ground. When your foundation's not solid, nothing's solid. Nothing's protected, nothing's strengthened. Father God, I thank you for this word. I pray that it gets in our spirit the same way you put it in mind, God. If it means that you have to just start speaking through me and let me just go away, God. I just pray that right now, Lord, that this just hits where it needs to hit. Everybody watching online, I'm praying for you too. I know that you may not be in this place, but you are in our church right now and you are part of our family. And listen, I would have wore PJs to church too if I wasn't getting up on stage. And so... Lord, I pray that your spirit not only falls in this place, but it falls in living rooms, it falls in cars, it falls in earphones right now, God, of people that's just tuning in to worship you and hear your word. In your holy name, we pray, and everybody said amen. amen. Now, I'm going to be honest with y'all right up top here. A lot of the times as a pastor, I struggle with how much of my own struggles and how much of my own victories to put in my sermons. Now, don't get that twisted and don't misunderstand. Every message that I preach is preached to me. I let it preach to me. I let it speak to me. And then when I preach it, I preach it from the lens of my own experience with that message. But what I mean by that is how transparent do I want to be in my sermons? How much of myself, my own story, do I want to put in there? And here's why. Well, First of all, if you go too far one way, I can totally break down your idea of what a leader is supposed to be and not in a good way. You know, have, have you ever seen somebody and like, like a, again, Joe, I'm just going to use you. Can I pick on you? Because you're right there, man. Joe's a big dude. I know he's a big, strong dude. If, you, if Joe was trying to pick something up and he couldn't pick it up, you know what? I'd be like, I'm probably not going to be able to pick that up either. You know, I'm going to walk by and I'm just going to be like, if he, if he can't pick it up, I can't pick it up either. I don't want y'all to feel the same way about your leaders. I don't want you to look and say, if he's having str struggles with this, how in the world am I ever supposed to? As a matter of fact, then there's the other side of the pendulum where 
well, maybe my story will inspire you to walk with me as I walk out my Christianity. Like, like the Apostle Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ. So this is something that I, I constantly struggle with. And so today, can I just be honest with you today? I decided today to be like real, 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 real. Yeah, I had to put that in there because I decided today to be real, real. Because in the end, no one could do this thing without God. It don't matter if you got saved on the way here in your car, if you're a pastor, if you're a theologian of 40 years, you cannot do it without God. You need God. It is quiet in here. I need some amens. Y'all are a quiet church. Let me start by giving a little backstory. Okay, I want to give you a little insight onto why I hate 2020. This year started off like many years before. It started off with expectation. It started off with excitement. It started off for me, I started the year out fasting and praying and it was a big deal for me because I really wanted to like, I wanted to start off good. I wanted to join the church wide 21 day fast and then I fasted personally and I, I prayed and, and I, honestly all of these sermons about reflections and stuff like that had me reflecting, right? Thanks Pastor Josh. Um, I started the, the new year doing that. I started writing down God's vision. I started writing down what he was speaking to me. And, and uh, I, I got like a notebook. And it's actually, it's weird because it's the notebook that I use to write my notes. And it's funny because I was looking through what my expectations were for 2020. Can I just tell you it didn't turn out like that front of that book, right? And so I have all these things that I wrote down. Then God started speaking the vision for Eastgate Church, not just for 2020 but for the next five years and it was big and it was exciting and it was motivating right it was something that we all wanted to run after God told me that I was going to be stronger in my faith than I had ever been that my marriage was going to be better than it already was listen God told me that my kids were going to be called blessed because of me and vice versa amen I could just tell you that sometimes I think my kids is crazy I'm like that verse isn't coming true yet you know, and uh, I was thinking of that, and, and, and then COVID-19 hit, and it just kind of put a break in everything. We were all impacted in different ways. Some of us were, were impacted physically, some of us uh, mentally, some of us uh, financially, some of us all of the above. And, and so what I'm trying to get at is 2020 did not at all turn out like the year that was started in my journal. Okay, so here's a couple of ways that I personally was impacted, either me or my family. Very first thing, right off the bat, COVID-19 hits, we're in lockdown, we lose $1,000 of our income, all right? Uh, $1,000 of our income. Now, I know that there are some rich, rich folk up in this church, and $1,000 may not be a big deal, but... I need some people to raise some hands if $1,000 is going to be a big deal to you. I'm going to come sit with this group right in here. $1,000 is a big chunk of money to, to lose, especially when you're kind of used to it. And to be honest with you, it might have ended up being a little bit more because right in the process of all this, Rachel, she uh, had her territories changed. So they bumped her travel. And so she would have probably ended up getting more. But now we're, she's still at home. I mean, we're... This is the last Sunday in 2020, and she's still at home right now because she's still not allowed to travel. I graduated college this year, y'all. I graduated college, yeah, right? Thank you, thank you. In my 30s, I went back to college with two kids 
in full-time ministry, and I did pretty good at it too. And I finished, and I was so excited. I was going to get to walk. We had a planned out trip to Disney World, even though it was in April, and we're crazy to go to Disney World in April. But we had, yeah, right? We, uh, we have all this plan to go just be able to celebrate me graduating. And then it, it was just canceled. Like, unceremoniously canceled. It was just like, hey, we're sorry. We're not going to be able to do this. They sent me my diploma. They sent me a YouTube link with them calling my name and a confetti cannon that I was supposed to shoot off, which I didn't, end, I didn't even end up shooting off because I didn't want to get rid of the one thing that I had for the memory. Like, I paid for the diploma. <laughs> I didn't pay for the, for the confetti cannon. But I didn't even get to walk. And I know that may not be a huge deal to some, but it was a huge deal to me. It was like my last one big goal for my life that I felt like was holding me back was the fact that I didn't go back to school. And then the church shut its doors for a couple of weeks or a period of time. We, I came back a lot before uh, some of you guys did because we started doing the online and, and all that. And thankfully, we were able to kind of grow and change and, and move some stuff around. And we didn't stay shut down long, but... Can I just be honest? Some of our core volunteers have still not felt safe to return because of COVID-19. Suddenly, church looked different for us. Church looked different for y'all, but it looked different for me. It looked different for your staff. We had to all of a sudden scatter and change hats and change uh, what we were calling ourselves and, and stuff like this. And we started spinning all these plates, and it was awesome because we were able to adjust. And while I'm chasing this little rabbit real quick... I just want to tell you, you have the best pastors in this church because if it wouldn't have been for the leadership of Pastor Josh and Kelly, man, it, it was like Pastor Josh just watching him navigate through this, just listening to the Holy Spirit and stuff like that. It was amazing. So y'all, let's be thankful. We have amazing, yeah, give God praise for our pastors. We have amazing, amazing pastors, amazing pastors. And then last but not least, I'm a big comic book nerd. Chadwick Boseman died, man. Wakanda forever. Chadwick Boseman died. And I was just thinking, you know what? April is here, and it doesn't look like it did in January. We're, we're just a couple of months in. I remember thinking, I'm like, what year is this? What is happening? It don't even look like the same life. It don't even look like the same world that we were in when January started. Where was that expectation? Where was that excitement? And I want to be able to say that I was like, I was steady striding forward and I was, you know, I was beating off the attacks of the enemies. But can I just be honest? Your boy was more like this through a lot of this year. Now, I'm just going to be honest with you. I'm going to be candid. This is going to be a therapy session for me today. Amen? All right. So um, your boy was praying, no more attacks. My prayers were changing, y'all. I was like, I remember praying and fasting and being like, God, give me the vision for 2021, man. Drop it on me. And listen, I know you're faithful. I know you're going to equip me, so it don't matter how big it is. And, and by April, I'm like, Lord Jesus, just let me get my feet back under me. Lord God, just... Just no more attacks. <laughs> I started having some mental uh, sickness issues, specifically with depression. Um, started dealing with depression, which is something new for me. I've, I've uh, not really dealt with that before. And so it was kind of a, you know, 
when, when you're a grown man and you're a pastor and a Christian and then you get hit with depression, it, it really kind of kicks your feet out from under you because, you know, on one side you have some people that's like, hey, it's okay. We're going to pray through this. We're going to get through this. And I love my friends and I'm so thankful for my friends. But you also got people that's like, you're a pastor and you're dealing with depression. What, what sin are you doing? And that's hurtful. And I just want to be honest. Um, fighting to operate at the level of uh, excellence. Listen, I believe that excellence honors God and it inspires people. That's why here at this church, we try to be excellent in everything we do because we believe it inspires people and honors God. But I've been fighting to, to be at the level that I felt like I should be, but I felt like I wasn't at anymore. All right. I struggled to keep priorities because Honestly, just dealing with so many plates every once in a while you let one drop and so then you're just cleaning up the plates that you dropped and in the midst of all this, I wanted to take a break. At, at some point, I even wanted to quit and of course, all of this is just tossing gasoline on the depression because now it's like the things you were good at, man, I'm good at ministry. I love ministry. I've been doing it for a long time. It's in my blood and I started questioning it this year. Am I even good at this? I'm dropping balls left and right. I can't even, man, why is Pastor Josh having to ask me why the flow chart's not ready? Why is this? Why is this? And I, I started just having this stuff dumped into my spirit, and it started hitting me and hitting me. Listen, if you've never heard me preach before, don't worry. It gets better. <laughs> this guy's awful, right? Um, and I was like, God, I don't feel stronger. You said I was going to be stronger in my faith, but God, I don't feel stronger. I thought stronger meant happier. I thought stronger meant bolder. I thought stronger meant braver. I thought stronger meant better. Amen? I thought that's what stronger meant. I don't feel stronger. And one day I was praying, and I was kind of at this breaking point, and I remember praying to God, and I was like, God, I don't feel stronger. I'm just going to be honest with you. I don't feel stronger. I need you to come down. I need to feel your spirit. I need you to do something in me so that I could just feel stronger. And honestly, I feel like he kind of like, okay, but that was about it. And so I was like, okay, the, 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 the devil's, hold on, I'm sweating. I, I should have brought a hanky. Um, I'm like, the devil is keeping my prayers from meeting God. So I'm like, you ever get where you're in that weird place where you're like, I'm going to pray. I'm going, you know, what? I'm going to put on some worship music. I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray in tongues. No, I'm just going to pray. I'm going to pray. Anyway, that's where I was. I was like, I got to do something. I got to get a breakthrough. I got to hear from God. And so I prayed again, God, I don't feel stronger. And I'll never forget, this is what he said. God said, that does not mean that you won't be. Listen to me, church. That does not mean that you won't be. And I'm telling you guys this because honestly, if I'm feeling this way, chances are if there's people in here in this room that's feeling this way, there's people watching online, there's people that's listening to this later on our podcast that's going to be feeling this way. And so I'm coming to help you today. Can I get some amens? Amen. Yes. So as I kept praying, God just began to drop some stuff in my spirit. And I remember, um, you know, you can kind of ask Rachel as I was working on my sermon. It was funny because she probably, she's, I'm bouncing all over the house because I'm, I'm looking at my cards of encouragement that I keep out on my desk at my home office. I, keep, I even keep some hung up on my computer and 
Uh, I keep some hung up on the fridge and stuff like that, that that you guys give me throughout the years of ministry. I've got love notes from my wife. I've got little pictures that my kids have drawn me. Like Judah drew this weird little, I know, is that terrible? Does that make me a bad parent that I said weird first? Okay, awesome. Anyway, Judah drew this picture and it was supposed to be me and it's beautiful because he's five and it's awesome. It's on my, it's on my uh, refrigerator, but it's like this circle and he goes, Daddy, that's you. And he goes, I'll never forget it. He goes, it kind of looks like a deaded up goose, but that's you. And so I got that on my, I got that on, I keep saying computer. I got that on my refrigerator and those kind of things just started getting in my spirit and I started getting encouraged. And then I looked at my table and I've got my succulents right there. And I remember the beautiful illustration that Jim and Keeley used for pastor appreciation about the succulents and how they can, they can go with very little and they can, they can do a lot, but they, you know, and I remember sitting there and I'm like, I'm starting to be encouraged. I'm starting to to, to feel God just move and he's starting to put all this stuff in my spirit and then God hit me with this. I'm not even joking. It is written on my mirror. Is it not written on my mirror? It is written on my mirror in my bathroom because it's hit me so hard in my spirit. And if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. The guys are going to put it up there on the screen. It is a sign of a maturing believer to know something when you don't feel it. It is a sign of a maturing believer to know something when you don't feel it. Guys, if you would, leave that up there for a little bit for those of y'all taking notes. Come on, listen, I'm just going to, I'm going to say honest about 5,000 more times because I, I, this is helping me if it's not helping you, amen? And, and, and so then he said, I want you to preach this. And he started to show me by, why living by what we know and not by what we feel is so foundational. He started to show this to me. He, show, he started to show me that most of your Christian life will be led by what you know and not by what you feel. Doesn't that, doesn't that make sense? Think about your Christianity. How many times do you find yourself having to live by what you know and not by what you feel? Because oftentimes if you live by what you feel, it'll, it'll lie to you. It'll get you. And so there's some of us that's been waiting on this feeling, and God's telling you it won't be a feeling, but it'll be a knowing. When I was in this moment, God showed me that, that what you should know right now is that you're a good dad. You're a faithful husband. You're a giver. Man, some of y'all just need to hear that you're faithful. Yeah, can I, just, can I just be the voice of reason and just tell you thank you for being faithful? Because listen, in church, faithful is not... It's not a word that gets preached on very often unless you're talking about the faithfulness of God. But can I just tell you, being faithful in your Christianity and your spiritual walk, man, that'll take you so much further than feeling ever will. You're faithful. Faithfulness is greater than feeling. You have to be committed to the resolve, not the result. Think about this. Think about, uh, this is a good example, working out, right? Oftentimes the results are what you're wanting and the resolve to get the results is the hard part, right? And oftentimes that resolve is not the, the sexy part of working out, right? Oftentimes the resolve is the hard part. It's the ugly part. It's the, you, you know, because everybody knows when you start working out, you get in that ugly stage too where you start building muscles, but you hadn't got rid of that fat yet. That's where I'm at. That's where I've been since I turned one. Um, is I've been building muscle and just not getting rid of the fat. Um, 
But you have to be committed to the resolve, not the result, because here's the thing, is oftentimes we will throw away the resolve because we start looking at the results. And most of the time, the results aren't even the final product. Have you ever noticed that? Most of the, most of the results that throw us off or that kind of that kick, kick the, our, our feet out from under us, it's not even the final product. A lot of the time, it's something that's early on that the enemy's just trying to use to get you to stumble off the path that you're walking, to get you to let go of your resolve, to get you to let go of your faithfulness, because if you could do that, he can get you feeling, he can get you, he can get you up looking for results. This is one of the enemy's greatest tactics, and it has been since Adam and Eve. I want to talk to some people here who came looking for feeling. God is saying that it is not a season of feeling anymore. It is a season of knowing, of knowing. I don't know that this is still hitting right still, so let me, let me ask you this. Let me, let me do this. Let's look at the word resolve. Guys, if you'll go ahead and put that on the screen. This is the definition of resolve. To settle slash decide firmly on a course of action. To settle or decide firmly on a course of action. I want to say this to us today because the resolve that you have is affecting your effectiveness. Your resolve is affecting your effectiveness. Some of us have not been living up to our potential because it's dying in ineffectiveness. And you know, in church, we know, we talk a lot about enemies and we talk a lot about attacks and we talk about the devil and, and stuff like that. And, and I know when I was younger, I used to think that the devil was this dude that walked around and physically tried to attack you. But can I just tell you, all he's got to do is get you uh, ineffective. Because we live in a world that needs Jesus. And if we're not giving people Jesus, we're ineffective. We're ineffective. I feel like God is wanting me to press in here for a minute. I feel like this is for someone. You're about to look at the standard that you measure success by. Maybe it's for someone online. You're looking at the standard that you measure your success by. And listen to me. You're about to give up on something because you're not getting the result that you thought you would. That's for somebody. I believe that in my spirit. That's for somebody. You're about to give up on something because it is not the result what, uh, of what you're looking, looking for. And you're going to stop the progress before you ever get started good. Amen? Think about this. I got sick while I was praying and fasting. I got laid off right after I started giving. This is stuff that's happened. This is stuff that we've been getting prayer requests for, guys, in our, in our prayer line. This is stuff that that people have been saying all throughout 2020, this is, I've been doing this, but this is what's happened. And I came to tell you, it's because we have to live by what we know and not by what we feel. Discouragement and discouragement, man, you'll toss away anything if you don't get the results that you want and you're not ready for it. So many of us wanna go from glory to glory but let me ask you something. How many of y'all know that glory looked a lot different in the Garden of Gethsemane for Jesus? Glory looked, God was still getting glory because God's will was being done. If anything, God was getting a lot of glory at that point because Jesus was being obedient. 
And that story is one of my favorite in the Bible because it shows that Jesus, hey, he went up and he said, if it's possible that I don't have to do this, I don't want to do this. If it's possible, let this cup pass from me. We talk about Jesus dying on the cross, and, but you know, he had to make that decision. He had to take that resolve when he didn't want to, when he knew that it was going to be bad, when he knew that it was going to hurt. He had to take the resolve and decide that not my will, but your will be done. And so he took the resolve to die for every single person who hears this message. And I want to ask you today, church, what will you do when you no longer feel it? What will you do when you don't feel it? Will you still give when you don't feel it? Will you still volunteer and serve when you don't feel it? Will you still serve God when you don't feel it? Because can we be honest? If you've been a Christian for any amount of time, you've probably come to a place where you just didn't feel it. But I know. But I know. <laughs> I'm going to chase a little rabbit. Y'all forgive me. It can't, I can't be talking about none of y'all in here because y'all are in here. But listen, if I can be candid for a minute, this year's kind of been the, the year of dropping all your responsibilities too. Yeah? You know, a lot of people are like, I've been attacked by my job. No, you started sucking at your job and they started yelling at you. You're getting in trouble at your job because you ain't doing good because you're dropping it. You started dropping responsibilities and, and uh, stuff like that. And then we've kind of blamed it on the Rona, right? Is that true? It's quiet. Y'all want me to move on? I'll move on. I'll move on. <laughs> That's why it's so important to have encouragers in your life. This is something I've been trying to work way better at this year. This is something that I've decided, hey, this year I'm going to do more of because I need it more. I need that encouragement more. I need somebody that will come to me and tell me when I'm feeling attacked, will come to me and tell me, hey, you are this, you are this, you are this. And we need that, church. And I want to encourage you, if you don't have that, to get it because we need it. We need that community. We need that friendship. We need that encouragement. It's something, again, I am going to work even harder in 2021 to surround myself with people that will look out for me and help me see the stuff that I don't always see. Amen? Please hear me today, church, because there will come a time when you don't feel it. There will come a time when you don't feel like doing it, and I want you to know what to do when that happens. I want you to know what to do when that happens. When I was growing up in church, this was something that was said a lot, and I kind of want to shoot it down. I don't know that it's 100% not true, but for the most part, it's not going to be true, and that is you will know it when you feel it. How many of y'all heard that growing up in church? You'll know it when you feel it. Let me, ask, let me put it this way. How do I know that they're the one? You'll know it when you feel it. You'll just know it when you feel it. No, no, boo-boo. I know some things that you can feel that'll lie to you. I know some things that'll lie to you. You need to know. You better go into some stuff knowing there's some things that you can feel that will just totally derail the things that God's trying to show you, the things that you know. It's not the job for you, but I feel it's not the house, it's not the car for you, but I feel. And I've seen people bypass God all because of feeling. And I want to ask you again today, how much longer will feelings lead us? 
Notice I said us. This message preached to me, listen, I mean, this message, when I started writing it, it was like somebody was preaching it to me. I needed to hear this. And I know if I need to hear this, there's some people that need to hear this. Amen? Um, there's some people that's going to bypass God following their own feelings. But what would happen if we just make the decision to live by what we know and not by what we feel? No matter what. What if we take that foundation, we see that, hey, maybe there's some issues there. Maybe we need to patch some stuff up. Maybe we need to get some stuff fixed. But once we get that foundation, if we just keep a look on it, what would that look like? What would that look like for you? You don't have to answer me, but just kind of keep that in your mind. I'm going to go to Judges 6, 11 through 12 right now. This is one of my favorite stories in the Bible because this guy, his name's Gideon. And can I just tell you, Gideon says a lot of stuff that we have probably said even in 2020. Gideon does a lot of things that, that we have done. And so listen, Gideon, Gideon is someone that is very relatable to preach on. And this is where we're starting in verse 11. Then the angel of the Lord came and sat beneath the great tree at Ophrah, not Oprah, Ophrah, which belonged to Joe. I make that joke every time I read this. Nobody even laughs anymore. So I'm going to drink some water, let y'all laugh. All right. <laughs> then the angel of the Lord came and sat beneath the great tree of Ophrah, which belonged to Joash of the clan of Abiezer. I don't know if I said that right either. What you, were you about to, did you know it? No. Okay. All right. Gideon, son of Joash, was threshing wheat at the bottom of the wine press to hide the grain from the Midianites. I know how to totally just translate scripture. I'm a theologian, and I'm just going to translate this for you. This dude was scared, and so he was hiding, and he was doing his work while he was hiding because he was scared. So when you see that, and it says threshing wheat at the bottom of the wine press, you may think, oh, that joker's doing his work in the storage closet. That's because he's scared of the Midianites. Not just scared that they're going to take the grain, but they're scared. He's scared that they're going to hurt him. So the angel of the Lord appeared to him, and listen to what the, the Lord says to Gideon. Now, this is the guy that's hiding, doing his work. Mighty hero, mighty hero, the Lord is with you. So here we have Gideon. He's scared. Here's God showing up and saying, mighty hero. <laughs> mighty hero. See, God declared something on Gideon that Gideon's life was not agreeing with yet. And oftentimes that's us. God can show up and declare something over our lives, but it has to be your decision to let your life agree with that declaration. God can call us sons and daughters. God can call us the righteous, the holy, the pure. And maybe you're sitting here feeling, no, that is not me. And that is because God is declaring something over you that your life is not agreeing with right now. And so I want to say something to you at the end of 2020 that I hope will help you into 2021. Gideon's literally hiding from enemies here. He's doing his work. And God shows up to say, mighty hero. He showed up to say today that you're stronger. 
He's calling you mighty hero. He's saying that your marriage is stronger. Whatever else God has declared that your life is not agreeing with right now, listen to that word. Decide that your life is going to agree with that today. Back to Judges 6. We're going to skip to verse 16. I want you to see something. We'll read it all eventually. Verse 16, the Lord said to him, listen to this, I will be with you and you will destroy the Midianites as if you were fighting against one man. So after all of this, you have Gideon. He's scared of the Midianite army. He's hiding. He's doing his work, not only so they won't steal the grain, but so they won't come and find him. And then the Lord said to him, I will be with you and you will destroy the Midianites as if you were fighting against one man. Now, this is Gideon and he's saying, I'm not the guy, I'm not the boy. And this is God saying, yes, you are. And I need some of us to remember what Romans 8.31 says, right? That if God's for us, who can be against us? Or, or what about the, the Pastor Jeremy translation? If God is for us, what can be against us? Because that's what this year's been about is a lot of what's. A lot of what's that's been thrown that normally our foundation would have just been able to take, but our foundation was broke. And so it's got that house kind of creaking. It's got that thing kind of moving. But if God is for us, what can ever be against us? And I believe God is saying today, do you believe that? If you believe that, then start by applying it to your life. Gideon did what most of us would do when God speaks something prophetic over us. It's something that I've done before. He started to tell him why it couldn't happen, starting in verse 13. First of all, this is right after... God has said, mighty hero. So you have to imagine Gideon's in this wine press. He's hiding. He's doing whatever. I don't know what threshing wheat looks like. So I'm just going to kind of do this. This looks like threshing, right? Does this look like threshing? Um, so this looks like threshing. So he's threshing wheat. God goes, mighty hero. You know, he's... Oh, you're, you're mighty hero. I ain't mighty hero. I'm Gideon, you know. And, and, and here he is. And he's like, no, you're mighty hero. The Lord is with you. And Gideon says this. Gideon says, okay, okay, if I'm mighty hero, let me ask you this, homie. If the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Sound like some of our prayers sometimes? If the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? And where are all the miracles our ancestors told us about? Didn't they say the Lord brought us out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and handed us over to the Midianites. Then the Lord turned to him and said, Go with the strength you have and rescue Israel from the Midianites. I am sending you. Then Gideon replied, How can I rescue Israel? My clan is the weakest in the whole tribe of Manasseh, and I am the least in my entire family. He's saying, I don't feel stronger you got the wrong guy. And honestly, he's having these conversations that I've found myself having through this year. God, if this is it, if you've called me to do this, why is all this happening? If you've said this, why is all this happening? Some hard conversations and God says, go out with the strength that you have. Listen to me, church. Never look at your, your situation to determine your strength. 
Never look at your, uh, your situation to determine your strength. It's not going to do it. There, your, your situation is never an indication of how strong you are. All right? If we could get that in our spirit, won't that change so much? That your situation is never a sign of how strong you are. It's easy to feel like, but Lord, I don't have. And God's saying that none of that is the qualifications of being used by me. None of that is the qualification for being used by me. Believe the word that I've spoken over you and move on it. He's saying, mighty hero, go and rescue Israel. But we, <laughs> you know what, I'm going to bring it back. But I, but I, I will try to f convince God that he missed it. You ever try to do that? It's okay, you don't have to raise your hand. I'll stand up here. Try to convince God that maybe he missed it. Maybe that I don't have the strength and the ability that he was telling me that I did. The strength and the ability to do what he's called me to do, to do what he's told me to do. And, and I, again, I'm just going to use this as a therapy session, y'all. Is that okay? The enemy spends a lot of time trying to convince me that it's too much. That it's too much. And sometimes that voice gets louder than the voice telling me, no. Go with all the strength you have. Go with all the strength you have. And here's the thing. The enemy is going to do the same to you. The enemy is going to do the same to you. Wait until they find out. Wait until they get to know the real you. Hear me, church. Hear me, church. Get free from that. Get free from that. Because the thing that the enemy is trying to tell you you are is not who you are. That is not your identity. The enemy is trying to speak something to you and call you something that you are not. And if the enemy can get you to believe that you are that person, then that is the first step in getting you just to be ineffective. Because can I just tell you, the devil doesn't have to get you to hell. He's just got to get you ineffective. He's just got to get you to where you're not loving people. He's just got to get you to where you're bitter. He's just got to get you to where you're not serving, where you're not giving. He's just got to get you to where you're not a threat to him anymore. Amen? I don't know what your struggle is today, but mine is that someone will actually see that I'm human. That someone will actually see that I'm human. You can ask Rachel all this. I talk about this stuff. I'm like, they're going to see I'm human. And it's what I struggled with when I first started putting this sermon together. What happens when they see that I'm human? What happens when they see all of these are suggestions from the enemy that I'm not strong enough to do what God's called me to do. Or you're not, you're not strong enough to do what God's called you to do. But then I remember that I know that I know. And listen, I'm not saying that feelings aren't real. I'm not saying that they're not convincing. I'm not saying any of that because I know that your feelings can feel real and they are real because it's the enemy trying to get you to take your focus. But if God is for me, can somebody just say, I know in this church today, say, I know. If we can stop living by what we feel and go back to what we know, I'm the righteousness of God. My steps are ordered by the Lord. I know that if, that if I acknowledge God in all my ways, 
He will order my steps and direct my path. I know. The thing I want you to remember in this season is it's not what you feel, it's what you know. Before you can be stronger, though, you have to get that in your mind. Your mind is one of the greatest battlegrounds for the enemy. He will fight you in your mind because he knows that that's where he can get that hook in. He'll fight you in your mind. Now I want to look back at probably my favorite part of this message because this is how God answered Gideon's message. It's kind of how he answered mine. You know, I said it kind of felt like he blew me off a little bit, like he wasn't listening. He was answering me, but it wasn't the question I was asking. You know what I mean? You ever had that? It's like, you're not answering what I'm praying, God. Band, if you'll go on up and get ready to lead us. It's found in Judges 6, 14. The Lord turned to him and he said, Go with the strength you have and rescue Israel from the Midianites. I am sending you. We just read that just a minute ago. But that should be good news for us today because listen to what he's saying. When I look at what God's calling me to do versus my own strength, it's scary. It's something that's scary. It's something that honestly I don't see that they add up. When I look at my strength and then I look at what God's called me to do. But the thing is here is God is not requiring us to do it alone. God is not requiring us to do it alone. As a matter of fact, God's not requiring us to do it without him. That's some good news in this place. That God's not requiring us to do anything without him. So I want to ask you again, what would happen if we go into 2021 not making excuses and go with the strength we have? After all, we're not alone, and his strength is great in our weakness. If you would, bow your head and close your eyes.